Amen. It was good singing. We're turning together in the Word of God this evening to 1 Peter. It's 1 Peter and the chapter 2, the New Testament Scriptures, that first epistle of Peter and to the second chapter. We're going to commence our reading at the first verse, 1 Peter chapter 2 and the verse 1, and let us hear the word of the Lord together. Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings, as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. If so be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious, to whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious, ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Wherefore also it is contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Unto you therefore which believe, he is precious, but unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner, a stone and a stone of stumbling, and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, an holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy." Amen. We'll end our reading there at verse 10. May the Lord be pleased to add his own blessing to this public reading from his own precious and infallible word. Amen. We're turning together once again to the portion of Scripture we have read, and that's 1 Peter and the chapter 2. I announced this morning that the title of my message tonight was, He is precious. And so you were probably able to tell my text of Scripture for this evening. And when you look down 1 Peter chapter 2 to the verse 7, we read those words, unto you therefore which believe he is precious. Unto you therefore which believe he is precious. Let's just unite in prayer and ask the Lord to speak to each and every heart this evening. Our eternal God, our loving Heavenly Father, we do thank Thee that we can come together to sing Thy praise, 
and even for the blessing that it is to our hearts of being able to offer the sacrifice of praise unto God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks unto thy name. And we praise thee, O God, for thy word. And even as we have read it here together, and we would come now to meditate upon it, Lord, apply that word to each and every heart, and may we know more of the preciousness of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We ask these things in his great name. Amen. You may already be aware that that word precious was used often by the Apostle Peter. It's a word that he was obviously very fond of. And when you would go through the two epistles of Peter, you would find that that word precious appears in our English Bible no fewer than seven times from the pen of Peter. The word precious in itself refers to that which is of great value. It's referring to that which is of great price. And it also has the meaning of that which is held in honor, precious. Now, everyone has that which they highly value. We all put different values upon things. And whenever you think here of the Apostle Peter, and he's using uh, repeatedly that word precious, it gives us an indication of that which he highly valued. And I want you to just very quickly notice that with me. Here in this first epistle of Peter, you could look to the first chapter and to the verse 7. And there it says that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Now, this would seem strange to us because the Apostle Peter is referring to the trials and to the difficulties that God's people would face. And he refers to them here as precious, that the trial of your faith being much more precious my, we would think it a great thing if we were able to avoid those trials and those difficulties. But yet Peter says they're precious. You see, the Lord uses those difficult times in order to shape his people and to mold them into the individuals that he would have them to be. And while we may not see it at the time, it may be when we've passed through that period of trial and we look back, we can say, well, I can understand why the Lord brought me uh, through that particular difficulty. And it can become precious. The psalmist actually said, it is good for me that I have been afflicted that I may learn thy statutes. And Peter counted those trials as precious. But if you look down 1 Peter chapter 1 to the verse 19, there's a very familiar use of the word precious there. 
And he speaks there in verse 19 of chapter 1 of our redemption. And he tells us that we have been redeemed with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. And when Peter refers to the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, he refers to it as precious blood. It's something that he highly values. He's referring to that which is of great price. We would say, yea, infinite value. The lamb that is without spot and without blemish means that that was sinless blood. The sinless blood of a sinless Savior. The very blood of God. And therefore, when Peter speaks about our redemption and about the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, it's something that is of the highest value. It's precious. First Peter chapter 2, our Bible reading. You could look down to the verse 4. You may have noticed the word precious appears there. And he says of the Savior to whom coming as on to a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. That living stone, the Lord Jesus Christ, who is alive forevermore. Precious. Look in verse 6 of our Bible reading. Wherefore also it is contained in the Scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone elect, precious. And whether it's the living stone or the cornerstone, the Apostle Peter wants to put this designation upon the Savior, and he says, precious, the highest value. Of course, our text of Scripture there in verse 7, unto you therefore which believe, he is precious. And you could look across into Second Peter, and in Second Peter chapter 1 and the verse 1, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, like precious faith. And that faith, faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, that's something that we say is of the highest value. It's precious, precious faith. You look in Second Peter chapter 1 and, and the verse 4, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. The precious promises. You could go through the book. You could go from Genesis through to Revelation. And you could read those promises that the Lord has given to his people. And while Peter says they're exceeding great promises. He said they're exceeding great and precious. Precious promises. If you were counting there. Those references that I have given to you in both letters of the Apostle Peter, I make it seven times. Seven times he uses that word precious, but in the original language that word appears more than seven times in his epistles. 
but it can be translated in different ways. For example, and this is the last one I'll give you, it's in 1 Peter chapter 3 and the verse 7, and it says, Likewise ye husbands dwell with them, that is their wives, according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife. And that word honor there is the exact same word as the word precious. And so you're to give honor unto the wife. Husbands are to honor their wives. And that word, as we've indicated, it means precious. Precious wives. The apostle Peter himself was married because he had a mother-in-law. And Peter speaks about precious wives. That's a good word for husbands tonight to count their wives as precious. And I can look forward to a good supper tonight. And so you can see the Apostle Peter, he was very fond of the use of this word precious. But just coming to our text of Scripture for a few moments together, verse 7 of chapter 2, Unto you therefore which believe he is precious. The preciousness of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The Apostle Peter wants to show that he had the highest possible value for the Savior. He's precious. And as we consider that for a moment or two together, I want you to see the exaltation of Christ in these words. Unto you therefore which believe he is precious. And we can learn of how precious the Savior was to the Apostle Peter in the way that he sought at all times to exalt the Savior. He sought to exalt his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And when you look at the preaching of the Apostle Peter in the book of the Acts, you can see just that high value that he placed upon the Lord Jesus Christ. In Acts chapter 2, on the day of Pentecost, the apostle Peter was the preacher, and of course he referred to the Lord Jesus Christ. And just as an example, in Acts chapter 2 and the verse 36, he said, Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God made that same Jesus whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. That same Jesus whom ye have crucified, Peter says, he is Lord and he is Christ. He wanted to exalt and to magnify his Lord and Savior. And as he's coming to the conclusion of his sermon on the day of Pentecost, he shows that value that he placed upon the Lord. He is both Lord and Christ. In chapter 3 of the book of Acts, and the verse 26, he said, Unto you first, God, having raised up his son Jesus, sent him to bless you in turning away every one of you from his iniquities. 
And in Acts 3, Peter was calling on men and women to repent and to be converted. And there in that 26th verse, as he's calling souls to repent, he's revealing the power of the Lord Jesus Christ to turn souls from iniquity and to turn souls from sin and to see men and women converted. And you can see once again how he's exalting the Lord Jesus. He's precious to Peter. You could go into Acts chapter 4. Those well-known words of verse 12, the words of Peter. And he said, Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Peter's saying he's the only Savior. And he puts that high, the highest of all value upon Christ. He's precious. In Acts chapter 10 and in the verse 36, and there it's the home of Cornelius. Acts 10 and verse 36. The word which God sent on to the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. Peter referring to the Savior, he says he is Lord of all. He's exalting the Lord. It's clear from Peter's preaching, his estimation of the Savior. In Acts 10 and the verse 43, to him give all the prophets witness that through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. And whenever you examine the preaching and the words of the Apostle Peter and you examine the writing of the Apostle Peter, you can see something of what he thought of the Savior. Our Bible reading in verse 3, he speaks of the Savior being gracious. If so be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. We've indicated how he refers to him as the living stone, the one who is alive forevermore, the one who is that life-giving power. He refers to him as the cornerstone, the one upon whom we can rest. And there's that idea of being able to place our all upon the Savior and to totally depend upon him and to rest by faith upon him, coming to him as on to a living stone. And Peter wants to show us who the Savior is and what he has accomplished and what he has done on our behalf. Oh, the great love of the Lord Jesus Christ coming into this world, living that perfect life and going to the cross of Calvary. And to think that he who is the second person of the Trinity, the second person in the Godhead, that God the Son, that he loved me and that he gave himself for me and he went through that sacrificial death and the torment and the agony of the cross. We have to say with Peter, he is precious. He is precious. The exaltation of Christ reveals that preciousness. But secondly, the experience of Christ reveals that preciousness. Our text of Scripture says, Unto you, therefore, 
which believe he is precious. And Peter identifies those who hold Christ as precious. It is those who have come to put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, those that have come to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And it is those people that Peter is referring to. He's addressing God's people when he says in verse 7, unto you. And the you there is in the emphatic form. You which believe. You who have experienced the new birth. You who have come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Unto you, therefore, which believe, he is precious. 2 Thessalonians 3 and verse 2 says, All men have not faith. All men have not faith. And the Apostle Peter is showing us that distinction because he's saying, Unto you therefore which believe, but all men have not faith. Reverend Johnson sent me some statistics. And it was to do with a census that was taken up across our province. And part of that census revealed that on average 27% of the population have no religious belief at all. An average of 27% of the whole population have no religious belief. And you could think of the other percentage, and out of that, many would have religious beliefs that are not according to Scripture. More and more today, we're facing an irreligious society, and we're facing a godless society. And you can see as Peter has referred to it in his day, in the verse 4, as he speaks about the living stone, he said in the middle of verse 4, disallowed indeed of men. And men today who disallow the Lord Jesus Christ, those who reject the Lord Jesus and refuse to believe upon him, In verse 7, as he speaks to the believer, and he says, Unto you, therefore, which believe he is precious. And then he says, But. And the verse hinges on that word, But. But unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner. There are those who disallow the Lord Jesus Christ. There are those who are disobedient to the Lord Jesus Christ and they refuse to accept him and they refuse to believe on him. And the Lord is not precious to them. They do not highly esteem and highly value the Savior. But those who exercise faith in Christ will prove him by experience to be precious. And that's why Peter says, unto you therefore which believe he is precious. The time of our salvation, when we came to Christ and we realized that we were undeserving, we were ill-deserving, we were hell-deserving, And the Lord was long-suffering with us and he was gracious and he showed to us his mercy. 
And by the Holy Spirit of God, the Lord was striving with us. And then he opened up our eyes and he opened up our hearts. And we received the Lord as he is freely offered to us in the gospel. And their sins were forgiven. They were cleansed in the precious blood. The precious blood that the Savior poured out from his own veins. We have to say when we get saved, he is precious. By experience, he's precious. Then through our Christian lives, when those times of trial come, when the hour of crisis comes, the Lord who has promised never to leave us, and he has said, I will never fail thee nor forsake thee. The scriptures set him forth as a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. And Joseph Scriven proved it through times of difficulty when he penned those words. What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. And what a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. We say by experience, he's precious. Times are for failure. Times when we've sinned against the Lord. Peter could refer to that himself. Peter who followed afar off from the Lord. Peter who denied the Lord on three occasions with oaths and curses. Peter who had to be graciously restored to the Lord. And the Lord would then say to Peter, feed my lambs and feed my sheep. And Peter would be recommissioned by the Lord. There's no doubt that Peter would say, he's precious to me. He's precious. I proved it through his grace and through his mercy. Maybe times of ill health. Not referring to just an ailment or the common cold. Times whenever the, the Christian even has to visit the doctor and to be sent for tests and maybe procedures and possibly surgery and even treatment. And through those times of great difficulty, you have to prove, prove the Lord to be precious. And many of God's people have testified, I, I couldn't have got through that if it hadn't been for the Lord. He is precious by experience. Whenever we're in the midst of sorrow, the loss of a loved one. We're going through the valley. And there's that grief and there's that mourning. And just as the Lord did on the Emmaus Road, we can say Jesus himself drew near and went with us, went with us, able to comfort our hearts. Therefore, we say by experience tonight, he is precious. I read about a man, Thomas Dorsey, a gospel singer. He wouldn't, of course, endorse all of his singing. But there was a time whenever he left his pregnant wife in Chicago and he traveled to St. Louis in order to sing at a gospel meeting. At the end of that meeting, he received a telegram that his wife had died in childbirth. And a short time later, his newborn son also died. And shortly after that, 
That man, Thomas Dorsey, sat down at the piano and he began to, to write. And he penned those words, Precious Lord, take my hand. Lead me on, let me stand. I am tired, I am weak, I am worn. Through the storm, through the night, lead me on to the light. Take my hand, precious Lord, lead me home. And by experience, we can prove the Lord to be precious. But then thirdly and very quickly, we can prove the Lord to be precious by the expectation of Christ. You see, one day the Lord Jesus Christ is coming back again. He has promised that to his people. Peter has already in this epistle been referring to that. That's the great expectation of the child of God. And you could look into the first chapter and just to the verses 3 and 4, and Peter writes, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. And the apostle is speaking there to God's people about that great hope and that lively hope and that expectation they have of the Lord Jesus Christ and that one day we shall be with him. That first chapter, the eighth verse says, Whom having not seen ye love, in whom though now ye see him not yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. And you can see the Apostle Peter, there's an outpouring here of an adoring heart, that adoration of the Lord Jesus Christ and that expectation of glory with the Lord, that living hope that is founded upon Christ himself. 1 Peter 1 and the verse 11, searching what? Or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ which was in them did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory, the glory that should follow. Believers await that glory. Believers have that expectation of the return of the Lord Jesus Christ in power and in great glory. And we, we look for his appearing and we long for his appearing and we labor for his appearing. And one day we're going to see our Lord and Savior. The book of the Revelation in the chapter 22, final chapter of the Bible says of God's people in the verse 4, and they shall see his face. They shall see his face. What an expectation we have tonight within our hearts. What a blessed hope there is for every child of God that we can look forward to that day when we shall see our Lord and Savior. We'll see him face to face. What an expectation. 
No wonder we would say tonight unto you, therefore, which believe, he is precious. He's precious because of that expectation that we have that one day we shall see him. The hymn writer says, what a day that shall be when my Jesus I shall see. And I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace. What a day, glorious day that will be. And I ask you tonight, is the Savior precious to you? Unto you, therefore, which believe he is precious. And tonight, if you've never come to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, oh, that you would come tonight, that you would close in with God's offer of mercy, and that you would taste and see that the Lord is good. And that tonight, as we leave this gospel meeting, that to each one of us, the Lord Jesus Christ would be precious. May the Lord bless his word to each of our hearts this evening.